What we want to do right now is go to our phone lines and joining us on today's show is our very good friend, Lindsey Crosby. He is the host of the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast, also a baseball writer and writer galore for AuburnDaily.com. Let's go to the phone lines now and Lindsey joins us here on the show. Greetings, Lindsey. How are you today, my friend? I'm doing well. It's a day to be a the Auburn Tigers baseball team. They're out some cool stuff. Yeah, no, it was really cool what Auburn was able to do today with those big changes, announcements to uh, the Plainsman Park facilities, new seats, uh, both in the uh, above the Green Monster and out with their hitting facility there in right field. I mean, this is just outstanding, the move that Auburn's been able to make there at Plainsman Park. Yeah, and this is something that a lot of fans had been asking for, right? Part of it is you see fans sit on top of the monster, and, and, but part of it, too, is kind of awareness of fan base since held up the deal, right? Since he got, he's taken this team to Omaha you know, he's he's won, he's brought a, he's brought a home to Auburn and it's time for the school, for the program to invest in his facilities and his program he can stay competitive with his peers and you to, to bring in great recruit classes into Auburn transfer classes in Auburn and competing for well for championships like they did this year what a big move it is for this Auburn baseball team because we talk often about other schools trying to uh, potentially poach Butch Thompson away and now that he's getting all of these facility upgrades it certainly does feel like he's safe and it feels like this is the place that he wants to be now that Auburn is winning a ton of baseball games their program looks to be set for more and more trips to Omaha more and more postseason success and competing in the SEC it's great to be able to get more fans into the venue and that sort of thing I mean we should feel pretty good about Butch Thompson and what he's going to be able to do in the years to come at Auburn, right? Yes, we should be very good, and if you want like a feel good about what Thompson is doing at the MLB draft, we just you know, uh, we we show before about how Butch Thompson is working under a different set of rules as peers in the SEC because of the way the state and other state scholars and a lack of great scholarship and yet, Butch Thompson takes his team to off for the second time full season, sends eight players in the MLB draft, and then gets every of his recruits, uh, including one top one and two recruits on campus. So the fact that he's able to do so much, essentially with one high behind his back, kind of shows that you know he has what to get Auburn to a championship is Auburn reciprocated in kind and helping him build the fan experience, which is something he's talked about wanting to improve since he got here. Talking with Lindsey Crosby here, the host of the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. We're going to try and get uh, a better connection there with Lindsey. But again, the big news of the day, Brooks, they've announced a lot of big upgrades to facilities. After Auburn celebrated eight draft picks, now they've had more upgrades to the Plainsman Park facilities. Yeah, and, and a couple of them are uh, uh, stuff that we've been talking about over the past couple of uh 
a couple of years since uh, there was a lot of different plans put into this. The the uh, adding more first or adding more premium seating, adding a right field terrace. I know that was talked about at one point before this happened. Adding that right field terrace back on top of the new hitting lab, and then it's always been you know I think like it, it felt like a pipe dream to put seats on top of the green monster, and it was like oh that'd be so cool if you could do that, and now they're actually doing it, which is phenomenal, phenomenal for this Auburn fan base, and uh, you know the the this, we we talk about how they showed out for that regional earlier this year or, or up in June, back in June, and the more that you get you know premium seating and fun I guess fun seating like this at Auburn, the more you try to attract more and more fans to come out to the baseball games. Let's bring Lindsey Crosby back into the discussion. Lindsey, you with us? I am here. Yeah, sorry about that. I've been traveling today and must have had a bad connection well here we go we're talking about the draft and uh eight players selected by auburn last week we were so caught up in the sec media days headlines but still plenty of reason to celebrate that auburn's never had eight guys selected before let's get into the specifics kind of highlight some of the auburn players and where they're headed to start their big league career Lindsay. Yeah, so so the first player selected, and probably not somebody that we had as the first player selected, but Blake Burkhalter is actually in day one, the very end of day one, goes to the Atlanta Braves. You know, there's, a, there's a lot of crossover between uh, Braves fans and Auburn Tigers fans. No kidding. Uh, Mason, yeah, Mason Barnett goes to the Royals, and I honestly think that that's a a good place for him. I've seen what Kansas City is able to do with some of their pitching staff as far as. Uh, getting some of their young pitchers who have talent but are a bit inconsistent, kind of getting them to 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 settle in and fortify their mechanics a bit. I trace Barnett to Baltimore. Baltimore is building an absolute um, beast as far as a lot of talent in their minor league system. Gunnar Henderson's a guy that Auburn almost got on campus but goes in the draft to Baltimore and is now one of their top prospects. Uh, Arthur King himself, Sonny DeShera, selected by the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, and what's very exciting about this is he's already signed his deal and they have assigned him to double A. So he will be playing his, his initial minor league games in Huntsville. Uh, very exciting. My, my favorite match of player to team was Carson Skipper. So he gets selected by the Rockies. And I, I really like him in that ballpark because he's a big fastball changeup guy, doesn't have a, you know, his, his, Slider kind of blends in with the curve. They were a really good organization at developing a power slider as a secondary, as a third pitch. Um, Hayden Mullins is going to the Red Sox. Blake Rambush to the Mariners. was very happy that uh, some of these scouts valued the, the grit and the tenacity from Blake Rambush. And then Brody Moore was rounded out the draft for Auburn in the 17th round to the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, from what I understand, all eight of these guys plan to sign they plan to to enter the minor league systems, forego any remaining eligibility. Uh, but we did get word that lefty Tommy Sheehan is coming back to Auburn um, for his final year. He'll be a, a graduate student, uh, but he gives Auburn now a nice one-two punch pitching-wise over the weekend with Joseph Gonzalez in that starting rotation. And on Sonny Deshera, I, I know it's going to be really big for him to, to get to start in the state of Alabama and the Angels 
organization to get to start in Huntsville. But, Lindsey, how surprised were you that he is already going to be at the AA level? Is it more a matter of just because he's older and a lot of these guys are, are usually out of high school or maybe just two or three years of college? Or, or why do you think he's going to be starting in AA? I think it's it's mostly the age. There is a small component there of looking at the talent level across college baseball versus minor league baseball. And the, the industry consensus is the SEC is somewhere between high A and double A as far as overall skill level. But mostly it is his age. A lot of hitters who enter MLB, like you said, are much younger than him. And so this is in the developmental pipeline where he would have been had he been drafted after his third year of college. It kind of projects out he would have been about here now. So that's where they go ahead and they put him there now. Um, I do know it's going to be really exciting just because now we can go to Huntsville and watch him play and don't have to travel as far. Obviously, he'll be in Montgomery. He'll get to be around the Southern League. But it's, it's, it's mostly the age factor with him. Really exciting for these guys to be able to start their big league careers. And obviously, baseball is a sport that's so difficult. So many players, so many rounds in the draft. And if you're just being honest with yourself, it does not feel like you're going to see all eight of these guys ultimately live out their dreams of being big league players. But you never know. So, Lindsay, if you were to pick maybe two or three that you feel the most confident will one day get the chance to play in the big leagues, who would those two or three? That is a very good question. I talked about this on on Monday's Locked on Movie Prospects about how, uh, on average, about 9% of drafted players end up actually contributing. Yeah, 9% of drafted players earn at least 0.1 war in the major leagues. And so, you know, and, and then for every round below the first round, more than half of them don't even ever appear in a game. I'd say Blake Burkhalter is number one. Uh, the question that I have is that the Atlanta Braves have talked about they want to try him as a starter, and that's not necessarily something that he has a history of doing. He's been a reliever uh, all throughout his college career, but he does have, I mean, a, a four-seam, two-seam fastball, a cutter, a changeup. He does have quite a few pitches, and you can – I trust the Braves pitching development staff. You've seen what they can do, so I like that. I do also like Carson Skipper. Uh, the odds are against him being after the 10th round. I believe from 11th to 20th round, it's like, uh, what is it? It's like 11 or 12% of guys actually ever take a single um, pitch or an at-bat in the major leagues. But I like the combination of his physical tools, how the Rockies develop their pitchers, and how well his game should translate to the unique difficulty of pitching in mile high stadium pitching at altitude where it messes with your breaking pitches and what they can do taking a look at this auburn team now that eight guys have heard their name called and they're starting their professional careers as you said not expecting any of those guys to return to the plains looking at auburn going into next season uh, what's this team going to look like next year Lindsay? so you're looking at a team that's going to rely heavily on some of the returning veterans uh nate larue had multiple teams reach out to him during the draft he chose to to decline their overtures coming back to auburn same thing with bobby pierce i expect big roles for both of them and then the fact that you brought in your entire recruiting class means that you have some players who by virtue of losing eight guys to the draft you're going to have some of those guys they're going to need to compete right away um, Drew Nelson, the, the freshman or the, the incoming freshman out of uh, Troy, I see him as a, 
a potential possible freshman midweek starter for Auburn. Uh, you look at some of you have a, a, a Zach Crotchbelt and an Ike Irish, two guys I think that could have an impact early their their freshman year. But it's going to other than that, it's going to be business as usual. You're going to have Cole Foster moving from second to short. You're going to have, I believe, Jason Howe is going to return. You'll have him in center. You'll have Bobby Pierce in right. You'll have room for for uh, a, a freshman outfielder in left. You could also probably play Josh Hall, maybe Bryson Ware, who will be returning as well. Mike Bellow uh, should pitching. be back. Yeah, you got a lot of guys that uh, can contribute yeah. in the outfield. Which is odd because we, we felt, I felt like last year we had very little depth in the outfield. Right. But, you know, right now it looks like we have an, an abundance of options. The questions that I have are going to center around that third starting pitching spot, right? You've got um, Joseph Gonzalez locked in. You seemingly have Tommy Sheehan locked into a starting spot. About 22 months after Tommy John is when guys are reportedly kind of back to who they really are as pitchers. And you saw Sheehan look a lot better towards the end of the season in the postseason. And so I imagine uh, by next spring, he's going to be one of your two weekend guys. So who's your third weekend starter? It was going probably going to be Miami of Ohio transfer Jonathan Brand. Uh, he was coming in as a, I believe it's a grad transfer, to come in and pitch. He was selected in the draft, I believe, also by the Red Sox. And so who's in that third role? You've got some veterans you can use. Uh, Carson Swilling might be a guy that moves from from the bullpen into the starting rotation. There's a possibility of, of one of the returning guys who was a freshman last year, maybe a John Armstrong, maybe a Chase Alsup. A couple different options there for that that um that third pitching spot, but I do know that either way, fall ball is going to be really entertaining. You'll have some incoming transfers on the planes as well as these returning guys. It's going to be really fun to see how Coach Thompson and staff mix and match guys to different roles. Let's get you out of here with this. Talk with Lindsey Crosby right now, locked on MLB prospects and a writer for AuburnDaily.com. As uh, we look at this draft and baseball fans at the top saw some very familiar last names. Two guys at one and two, Jackson Holiday and Drew Jones, the son of Matt Holiday and Andrew Jones. How good are these guys, Lindsey? Like, are they going to have uh, pretty awesome big league careers like their fathers? <laughs> The bit of analysis that I dropped a Honda MLB draft live show was that they're the two best players in the draft, and I, but I think that Drew Jones has the potential to be a generational talent. Uh, the, the comp, and I went on a lot of shows in the last two weeks, and they always ask for comps, and I tend to not do them a lot because I don't want guys to think, you know, to get wrong expectations, but I do see a lot of Andrew Jones in the game of Drew Jones, the way he plays defense, the way he the way he hits, the way, you know, the arm that he has out there in center field. And so I think he's going to be the better of the two. Both these guys are going to contend for all-stars. And really the only significant difference is one's in the outfield and one's in the infield. Uh, Both these guys are really good. And we had a great lineage of sons of professional athletes in this draft. Carl Crawford's son was in there if you want to feel old. (laughs) Um, You know, just, just quite a few descendants of professional baseball players and that's actually something that some teams have started to look for because they have a better idea of how to project out the physical development of a player as well as those those children who grew up around the game of baseball typically have a better than average understanding of the game and some of the intangible stuff that we haven't quite found a way to measure yet so interesting little note i picked up from an mlb scout while i was preparing for this draft 
Lindsay, I think people, and you're right, oftentimes you throw out player comparisons and they're not so thrilled because then you've got all these expectations to live up to. But when you're somebody's son, everybody, no matter what your walk of life is, tries to emulate their father. I think it's perfectly fine to say that Drew Jones looks like his old man out there. Yeah, I mean, I guarantee you that he was probably four years old and he was running around the outfield in Atlanta watching (laughs) his dad do it in batting practice. So, like, that's the thing is he legitimately can look like his dad because he's been watching his dad do it his entire life. And if he he ends up being 90% of the player, 85% of the player that his dad was, the Diamondbacks are going to make my prediction come true when I said that they had the best day one of any team in this draft. Lindsay, tell folks all about your work, not only what you got going on there with the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast there, but I know you're going to be contributing all throughout football season with Auburn Daily and more. So give us a full rundown, sir. Absolutely. So I cover the, the sport of baseball multiple different ways. Like you mentioned, AuburnDaily.com. I cover, uh, I'm the senior baseball writer there. I'm also contributing to football coverage uh, this fall. Again, AuburnDaily.com. I've got the podcast, Locked On MLB Prospects. It's available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Uh, the number one daily minor league baseball podcast um if you have any questions about auburn athletics or about minor league prospects you can find me on twitter at crosby baseball i'd love to answer you in whatever form i can perfect thanks so much for the time Lindsay. good to hear from you we'll talk again soon thanks y'all